Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode and also the very last episode of the year of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I'm speaking to you right now, smiling so big that my cheeks hurt. (laughs) I'm smiling so big that actually my face is aching a little bit. Before we uh, dive into today's show, I, I I have to paint you. I have to paint you a word picture of where I'm sitting, what I'm looking at, and what's unfolding in this very moment as I'm speaking these words. So I am sitting at my kitchen table in our new house in Sweden, where we have officially spent, I think it's 12, 12 or 13 days today. It hasn't even been two weeks. And um, I'm sitting at the kitchen table. In the middle of the kitchen table, I have this amazing bouquet of tulips, pink tulips on my kitchen table that are just at their peak stage of beauty right now. Um, I have candles lit everywhere. I have some really beautiful crystals on my kitchen table. The Christmas tree is by my side. The fireplace is right here. All three of our dogs are sleeping and looking out through the windows on this, this house, especially this room. We have the living room and the kitchen space. It's all one big space. And the windows are basically floor to ceiling. The windows are just everywhere. It's almost like a wall of glass more than than a house in this room. So everywhere I look, I am looking out at the world's most beautiful winter wonderland in this moment. It's snowing. It's been snowing since, yeah, almost for 24 hours. It's been snowing since yesterday, since yesterday afternoon or so. And it's that kind of winter weather where it's just one or two degrees below zero Celsius. So it's just freezing, right? Which means that the snow is really perfect for play. It's really perfect for making snowmen and snowball fights and and it's not so cold that it's miserable to be outside, but it's like the kind of weather where if you just put on a good jacket, you can spend hours and hours and hours playing in the snow. And that's what we've done all day. 
<laughs> and um, and here, here I am now in this moment looking out at all of the snow, all the spruce and pine trees right outside of my window, the lake. I mean, the lake, you guys, the lake. This is the same lake where my family has lived for generations. It's the same lake that my people have been looking out at for a long, long, long time. And I'm looking at it right now and it's completely frozen over, covered in snow and it's snowing and <laughs> I'm going to cry because I'm so happy. <laughs> Everything is so beautiful, so, so beautiful. And I feel really happy to be here. I feel this settling of my bones right now. That's the best way to describe it. There's something in my body and not just my physical body, but my physical body too. There's something in my body that is settling. Like I feel a, a softening, a relaxing, a grounding, a, like a little bit of a letting go in my whole entire being. And I really feel it. It's palpable. And we've been here for almost two weeks. And this is, it's been a, it's been a really intense couple of weeks. I mean, imagine we moved across the whole entire world <laughs> and we did it seven days before Christmas, you know, and we got into this brand new space, new house, new life, right? New weather, new everything. And um, the first week of getting here was just, you know, I wanted to prepare for Christmas. I wanted to get the house in order. We've had so much so much family to see and friends to see and people to connect with and every day just things to get done in a sense to really arrive. And so it's been an intense, it's been a truly amazing and beautiful and amazing. I mean, I will, I'm going to look back at this, these weeks for a long time and just go, how, how amazing this time has been. But it's been really intense. I haven't had a lot of quiet downtime and uh, we've had a lot of people visiting. Uh, this is my first time even, you know, talking on the podcast in the past couple of weeks because we've had we had the big processing 2021 practice and then we had the intention setting practice last week. So this is my first real update. And it's kind of coinciding with my very first moment really alone <laughs> since we arrived. Because the past two weeks, I mean, we arrived, we had so much to do in Christmas and everything. And then we had some people in the family, not us, immediate family, but we had some people in the family that tested positive for COVID right before we came. So we couldn't have this big family Christmas that we wanted, um, just out of, to be cautious, um, we decided to postpone actual, postpone actual Christmas celebrations. So it was just us for Christmas, which was super, super beautiful. And then my sister came, she came on Christmas day and she's been here with us for a couple of days. And then we had friends who came from Aruba yesterday who are going to stay with us for a week. And in two days, Dennis's dad and his siblings and his dad's wife are coming. And, you know, my brother is here and my grandma and grandpa and my dad and all my siblings. And it's just a lot of people, right? So we've had two weeks of just a lot of fun and Christmas stuff and getting the house in order. And then today, our friends who are visiting from Aruba, they don't have, of course, they don't have any winter clothes or winter jackets or so they really need to go shop. And Dennis gets all excited to go to like the sports stores. And he's, there's a whole, he, I have a whole journey to share with Dennis. It's so precious. But he's like, yes, let's go to the sporting goods store and you guys can get jackets and I can look for new 
I don't know what he's looking for. Like uh, the thing you need to sharpen your skates. I don't, he's buying some, everything he's buying or doing and thinking about has to do with ice <laughs> right now. So they all are going to go shop. And I'm like, I really don't want to shop. I don't need anything, you know? So I just said, okay, how about you guys all go? You go to the town and um, I'll just stay behind, you know, which is very unlike me. Like I, they are now in Uppsala, which is the, the town I was born in. It really is like I have two hometowns. It's Uppsala and Stockholm. I lived half my life in each of the two places. And that, you know, it would be lovely to show them the town and like where I grew up. And it's such a precious, beautiful little place. But I was like, you know what? Like if they just go, because I don't want to, I don't really want to go. I'll get a moment to myself. So they just dropped me off. <laughs> they just dropped me off. I sat down at the kitchen table and I realized this is my first moment alone in this house. We've been here for two weeks. I have not had one single breath really to myself. I haven't had, you know, I haven't sat down with tea because all my teaware is still packed and there's no space. This, this house is really tiny. I haven't rolled up my yoga mat. You know, I, ha I haven't had an alone moment like since we arrived. I've had a lot of beautiful grounding and I really feel I really feel good just in my body we've gone I've been going for tons of walks and so much time spent outside and building fires like I've had other sacred rituals that I've been just really grounding into but you know I just closed the door now and I sat down at the kitchen table with a cup of tea and it's so quiet <laughs> it's my first quiet moment since we came and I just felt like oh this is it is you know how when you you step into a new chapter of your life or you get to a place you've been wanting to get to, you finally realize a dream or you build a thing, like you do the thing you wanted to do, right? You get to that place and then life is life. So everything is just moving so fast and there's stuff to do around that thing. And I, I, I didn't, you know, I haven't had a moment to sit down and actually feel that quiet moment inside of my heart of I've arrived. Like I I live here now. <laughs> and that was my moment just now, just sitting down with this cup of tea in a totally quiet house. All three dogs are sleeping. Because so we've been out playing in the snow for hours. There's just, you know, wiped. There's nothing happening. There's nothing I have to clean. There's no laundry I need to do. There's no unpacking that needs to happen in this moment. There's no mess, you know, <laughs> every day since we arrived, there's been something that I'm doing, right, to unpack, to get ready, to, to unpack our lives, to clean, to fix, you know, making lists, like stuff we need, things that aren't working. Like we've had a lot of stuff, you know, like we didn't have a, a gar like we didn't have a garbage bin, you know, so it's like just for us to recycle, like things have been piling up that we need to recycle. And it's been, we haven't had kitchenware. We didn't have any bowls to eat from. We didn't have a vacuum cleaner, like just, you know, stuff that we don't, that we didn't have in order. So every day has been kind of like that. And then lots of people visiting and stuff. And then now I'm just sitting here looking out at the snow, talking to you in this perfect little house. <laughs> And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. I don't know how to, I don't know how to articulate it. I don't know how to speak it out loud, how grateful I am. And it's so important, you know, that we give ourselves those moments of silence, those moments of quiet, to just 
pause and integrate the arrival, right, of the moment, whatever the moment is that you're looking forward to, whatever the thing you're building or creating or manifesting right now, that probably there's things that you have created, milestones you've reached, stuff you got to, but you didn't really sit with it, you know, really let it integrate, feel it in your bones, like, whoa, I did the thing. Because there's always another thing and another place to get to. And I just feel really grateful that this space opened up for me in in the chaos, right? Because it's chaos all around here. We have so much, <laughs> so much stuff happening. And I get to be here in stillness, in silence, looking out at the snow. I mean, what a blessing. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I'm faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Are you ready to come home? to the land, to your purpose, to your true nature, there's no better time than right now. Come join me live for the home course, Yoga Girl's first ever seven-week online healing course to tend to the earth and to our hearts. Home is guided in real time by me and consists of my very own curated series of healing practices, sacred nature rituals, and guided meditations. Embark on this journey with me and learn how to intricately align your life with Mother Nature so that you can ultimately live in harmony and find balance within yourself and with the world around you. We begin on the spring equinox. I can't wait to begin this journey with you. Today is the very last day to claim the 30% off early bird pricing. So visit yogagirl.com slash home course to enroll now. That's yogagirl.com slash home course to save 30% and that offer ends today. But hurry because limited spots are available. That's yogagirl.com slash home course. So it is officially New Year's Eve, the day this podcast comes out. So it's the very, very, very end of the year now. I hope you have set your intentions for the year. And if you haven't, you still have time. You still have time. You know, you can give yourself 20 minutes right now just to really take a moment to ground into the body and listen into the heart of what do you long for? What do you want? What do you need? So that you can enter the new chapter of 2022 feeling some sense of direction, 
Right. I think that part is just so important. We don't have to have every single thing figured out. You know, if you did last week's practice with me, we go into all the different areas of our lives and we identify specific goals in each area. And then we even find some action items for each one. We get really specific, right? Because that's, that's really what we need to do if we want to realize specific things. But if you're not that kind of intention setting person, or you're not that kind of planner or, you know, maybe you don't have time, that's okay. What is important is that we sense a bit of direction in terms of where we are heading, where we want to be going. And I was really sitting with this now. I mean, when I was doing my own intentions and everything I want for next year and what I want to create, actually, when I feel into the direction of where I want to head, it's so simple. I just want to be with nature. That's it. (laughs) that that's it so anything I can lean into next year or do or invite in that brings me back to that place of feeling in connection feeling connected to and being in relationship with nature everything I do that just takes me in that direction is going to be the right thing so just knowing that that's the area that's the direction that's the journey that's the road like I see it and sitting here now you know I the last months of us moving from Aruba, I haven't even told you, I I just shared this on social media like a little bit, but the journey here, (laughs) oh my God, the journey here, it was almost like the universe went like, you sure you want to move to Sweden? Are you sure though? How sure are you? Are are you really sure (laughs) that this is this is the thing you want to do? Because the journey here was so crazy every step of the way seriously every single step of the way of the trip to get here like something went wrong and something was just totally upside down and totally crazy and I mean everything from like you know it took us three hours to check in to the point of us almost missing the flight Um, and we were traveling with dogs and all of our production equipment you know like those Dennis has I don't know six or seven huge boxes of camera equipment and huge pieces of tripods and it's just for us to do the live streaming and the filming and everything we do for yogagirl.com like we have all of that equipment and we had to of course bring it to Sweden and we couldn't put it in the container we have this one container leaving um, that they promised us would take six weeks and it's been two weeks since we left Aruba and the container is still in Aruba it didn't go anywhere (laughs) so it could be months, like no one knows when this container is going to arrive. So we knew we had to bring all of that equipment so we could film and so we can do the lives and all of that. So we had all of that stuff. And we had the two dogs that we were traveling with, Kila and Laika, in their big crates. And then Dennis has two bikes and bike cases. And then we had our regular luggage with clothes, right? And when we had so much stuff. And just checking in was this whole ordeal where they didn't want to check us into Sweden but said the only way you can do it because we had the dogs was for all, for us to get all of our luggage in Amsterdam and then recheck it, which has never, ever happened. I mean, we've traveled to Sweden so many times over the past 12 years, right? Not once have we had to collect our luggage in Amsterdam. And we're like, now that we have all of this stuff, like we literally can't, it's not physically possible for us with the dogs and Leia to even collect the stuff. 
you know, we, 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 we can't, you know, we have people helping us in Sweden, but in Amsterdam, like we don't have, how are we going to do that? So it was a whole thing back and forth. And then we had to resign to that. Like, okay, we're going to have to figure it out. We're going to have to ask people to help us. We're going to have to, I don't know. We're going to have to ask customs to escort us back and forth to get, I, I don't know. I'm like, we, we'll have to figure it out. Like we'll have to find a way. And um, <laughs> because even just the two dogs, you know, them going on one cart each, that's it. You know, you can just put one dog on one cart because that's how big the crate is. So anyway, and then right at the end of check-in, the manager came and he was like, why aren't you checking these poor people to their final destination? Like wh what's happening? And we were like, please help us. And he was like, of course you can be checked to Sweden. That that's where you're going. It's the same airline. Oh, let me fix this for you. So he started recalling all the baggage. It had already gone to the plane. And he was like, I'm going to fix this for you. So he recalled all the luggage so that he could change the tags and fix the issues that they were causing in the beginning. But then, of course, it was so close to departure. Like we were almost missing the plane already. So <laughs> when they did that, I was like, ah, I feel like we're not going to get any of our luggage now. <laughs> it's just like we were 20 minutes from departure, not even boarding, departure. They were waiting for us at the gate. And there were so many people that still hadn't checked in. It was just chaos at Aruba Airport. They were understaffed and there was two flights leaving at the same time. And when we finally left the check-in desk, like I heard a family, there was still a long line, not behind us, but just in all the other desks. And um, I hear a lady yelling at one of the check-in clerks, just yelling, like, I have been here for two hours and you're telling me I'm going to miss my plane, you know? She was in line for so long and they wouldn't let her check in because it was too close to departure. It was just like, imagine, imagine like one of those, Christmas mayhem moments in the departure terminal at the airport. That was this moment. It was just crazy. And then, of course, we came along and made it even crazier. There was a woman behind us in line, <laughs> just one person. And she was smiling and she was so sweet. And we were there for three hours, like two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes, something like that. We just were trying to check in. And after a while, I'm like, I am so sorry. Like, we must be the epitome of the worst people you can imagine ending up behind a line, you know, in, in the line. And she was like, no, it's okay. And she had a dog too. That's why she was in line behind us. She said, oh, I'm adopting this dog from Sergeant Pepper's friends. And we're like, oh, that's our, that's our organization. Like that's our foundation. So she was adopting a dog from our animal rescues. It was all like very connected, but also very crazy. And then finally, at the desk they go I think you should go like take your daughter and go and just run make sure you guys are on the plane because they're not gonna they're not gonna leave um him behind especially if you're on the plane so just run so I take Leia and I'm like okay we're gonna run to the plane we're gonna make it it's gonna be fine like we're still smiling and happy and then we get to the passport control and the guy at the desk he's like in Papiamento he goes um where is the signed um the signed document from her your daughter's father saying that he allows her to travel alone without him and I'm like what? <laughs> what, what what's that now like he's like you need a signed document that her father has signed saying that he agrees and allows her to leave the country and I'm like well he's right behind us like he's at the desk waiting for our luggage tags like that's what he was waiting for he's coming he's he's coming in two minutes and the guy's like nope you cannot and I'm like what what are you talking about this is my kid like we all share the same last name. Like, what do you mean? He says, this could be a kidnapping situation. I don't know if you're stealing her away from him. He, he had like a whole story about kidnapping. 
which I guess in a sense is a good thing. Like I, 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 I guess it's a good, I mean, of course, like it's a good rule to have that if you're going to travel that both parents agree. It's just kind of strange. It was just, so I called Dennis. I'm like, they won't let me pass because they think I'm taking her away from you. Can you send your boarding pass and your passport, like your fo- photo of them so that he can see that we're on the same plane? that you're coming now. And then I show the guy, he's like, this could have all been planned. Like we were like in some, you know, kidnapping movie or something where we had like planned this out and, you know, created a fake boarding pass for for a fake husband. And he just wouldn't let us go. So I'm just like, okay, like there's nothing for us to do. We just stood there waiting, I don't know, 20 more minutes, like a long time. (laughs) And then finally, finally the guy goes, okay, listen, like if this is some sort of kidnapping scenario and you just took a kid against her, her dad's will, it's going to be on me. And I'm like, sir, I promise you in any minute now, you're going to see a tall man, kind of sweaty, very stressed (laughs) with the same last name as us. He's going to pass through this (laughs) passport control in a couple of minutes. I promise you, he's just waiting for our luggage tags. And the guy goes, fine. Okay, fine. You can go. So he let us pass. And then we get to the to the to the TSA to like the the security check and everything. And of course, like everything I'm checking. Like I still had liquid. I had Leia's water there. And she took her shoes off and then she lost one of her shoes. Felt you know, it was just like every step of the way, there was like little stuff like not going super well. And then as we get to board, there's still people boarding. So even though we were so delayed, it wasn't just us. There was a lot of people that it just took so long for them to check in. There's a guy in front of me, like a military veteran, and he's dressed in full um, military clothing. And he hands the lady his boarding pass. And then, and he goes, okay. And, and then, it, and it reads like, like it's, it doesn't accept. And she goes, uh, oh, this is the wrong, you're at the wrong gate. This is not your flight. And he goes, what? And then she takes his boarding pass and goes, yeah, no, you are at the other gate for the other plane that is leaving 20 minutes later. So you have to run now. Take your boarding pass. Go, go there, go there. And he goes, ma'am, my family is on this plane. Like they just walked in ahead of me. And she goes, oh, oh, wait. And then she goes to her computer. Oh, we must have printed you the wrong boarding pass. So he had a boarding pass for another flight. Like imagine, imagine the chaos. (laughs) They were about to separate this guy from his family. Like it was super crazy. And then we get on the plane. And as I give like on the plane, you know, I'm like showing the lady where we're sitting. And she goes, okay, miss, um, you're going to be over here. And your daughter is going to be all the way over there. (laughs) They put Leia in another cabin. (laughs) They put my four-year-old kid alone in between strangers in another cabin, like way in another part of the plane. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think this is right. And I go to look at my seat and there's a stranger's kid sitting in Leia's seat. So they just, they just, because I don't know what, I don't know what was happening. This whole journey, everything was, I'm like, I I need to sit next to my daughter. Like she can't sit next to strangers. And I'm pretty sure who, who's ever kid this is, wants to sit next to his parents and not next to me, you know, like, can you please like help? (laughs) So we had to wait, we couldn't sit, they had to rearrange everything, like everything was just not, not going well. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Meanwhile, and Dennis is going to make fun of me till the end of my existence for this, but meanwhile... I, and this was, okay, I blame him because he made this decision for me, but in Aruba, I don't know if you guys, I don't know, if, I don't know how well we know each other, how much I've shared this, but I'm really into jewelry. And when I say jewelry, I don't mean like diamonds and gold, but you know, I have a lot of earrings and mala beads and, you know, braided bracelets and feather earrings. Like I just have a lot of jewelry. Like some people are really into shoes. I don't care about shoes. Some people are really into like purses and handbags. I don't care about that. Some people are really into like clothes. I'm not, I don't care about that. I am into, to accessory. <laughs> I like to accessorize. Okay. <laughs> so I have over the course of my life accumulated a shit ton of jewelry, but it's not fancy expensive jewelry. Most of it is like stuff I've picked up at markets or that friends have made me or that I had made from like a feather I found on the beach. You know, it's not expensive stuff, but it's nostalgic stuff that's really important to me, right? But it's a lot, okay? It's it's probably more than the average person has. <laughs> that is makes a lot of fun of, of, of me of this. Like in our old house in Aruba, I had a little jewel, jewelry closet, like a closet just for my... <laughs> just for my hoop earrings and my crystal necklaces, you know? Anyway, you can make fun of me if you want. Dennis likes to. So I was packing and I have been individually because I was thinking I was going to put all of this in the container because I don't need it now. It's okay if it comes later. And individually wrapping each piece in like a little thing of, of like fluffy paper and then taped it closed so that nothing is going to tangle, so that everything is organized, so that everything is safe, right? Because I don't know how these boxes are going to move around on the boat and stuff. So, and he goes, wait, you're putting this in a box? You're going to put all like your life's jewelry, like the things you care so much about. Like my, I have my best friend, a bead from my best friend's mala bead that she wore in a car crash when she passed away that I had made into a, a necklace that I wore on our wedding day. It is like, it is priceless. It is irreplaceable it is you know I would cry myself to sleep forever if I lost that you know like I have stuff like that that just means so much doesn't have any monetary value but it has the world's biggest nostalgic emotional value right and he goes you're going to put this on the in the container you have no idea like what's going to happen with this container like that does does it really feel safe I think we should just put books and you know stuff in the container that if something happens it's okay right? Because it's insured. We have, we put, of course, the car, like Dennis's car is in the container. That's why we have a container in the first place. But he's like, don't put anything super nostalgic that if something happens that you can't live without, you know? So I go, okay, so I, I'm going to pack it. And he says, yeah, yeah, you pack it. We have, we have a lot of luggage, just pack it. 
So I go, okay, just pack it. Okay. So I, I pack it. <laughs> and I realize one of my little hand luggages that I have is the perfect size to fit all of my jewelry. But <laughs> so, so I put everything in one tiny piece of hand luggage. And <laughs> I put everything in one hand luggage. And it was the perfect amount for that little hand luggage. It's like one of those little roller bags that it fit all of my jewelry, but absolutely nothing else. Like I could not have fit a sock in there. It was just packed to the max with individual tiny, according to Dennis, little druggy bags <laughs> of crystals, <laughs> feathers and jewelry. And because I had wrapped it all in like little like tissue paper, basically, and a lot of little like mini, mini Ziplocs, you know, to hold chains and stuff. But it was wrapped in tissue paper, like white, like kitchen paper, kind of. According to him, it looks like a bag that's just completely filled with drugs. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how much, how much drugs you have packed in your life, how much drug smuggling you've been involved in, <laughs> like what kind of movies you're watching. But I'm like, this to me does not, it doesn't look like that. He's like, you have 200 individual little baggies <laughs> in a hand luggage. And you can't even tell what's inside. Like you can't tell that this is full of beads or, you know, like this, this looks, this either looks like you are a jewelry reseller and you're trying to not pay taxes. You're trying to like avoid customs. So you've packed it in your personal bag or you're, you're, you're about to smuggle drugs. Like it looks like one of the two. And I'm like, well, what did you think I was going to do? He said, well, I thought you were just distributed across all of our luggages. And I'm like, well, that seems very unorganized. I don't want to do that. I really like this. This one bag containing all of my jewelry. <laughs> we're taking it on the plane. And then as we were at the airport and I was taking Leia to run, I just grabbed one of the roller bags and I accidentally grabbed the other one, right? So he was left with my jewelry that he was already kind of stressed about. He was like, I feel like we're going to have a hard time in security with this. What if they want you to like declare it what if they want to individually open 200 little baggies to make sure that it's <laughs> that it's actually jewelry but so I run ahead I'm like on the plane waiting to get our seats because we didn't have seats while he is trying he's he got through passport control met the passport guy who was like oh you're the dad okay hi and then got through security and of course they take that bag and they're like excuse me sir what is this and he goes oh um it's it's all of my wife's <laughs> It's all of my wife's jewelry. Oh, where's your wife? She's not here. <laughs> she's uh, she's already boarded the plane. Oh, we're going to have to open this up. So they open it up and out pours. It's just pours these little baggies. <laughs> and he said they looked at him like, like you are like, this is the stupidest thing ever. And go, okay, well, we're going to have to open this up and look. And he goes, no, I promise that it's just, it's not valuable. It's just jewelry. And they go, okay, well, you have to declare it. Like, you're going to have to pay taxes on this. And he goes, but we're, it's personal. It's just personal. It's not to be sold. And the guy goes, no, no one single person has this amount of jewelry. <laughs> and he goes, well, you haven't met my wife. She, she has, <laughs> if you, if you saw her, you would know because like I, I travel, I have one ring on each finger. I have seven bracelets or 15 bracelets and seven necklaces and something in my hair, right? Like I, like if you, if, if I was the one carrying that bag, there wouldn't have been an issue because they would see me and they would know, oh, this is just this, this is a person who, 
who likes to bejewel themselves. <laughs> but it was Dennis, you know, with this, all of these little baggies. So according to him, he had to like beg because if they would declare it, it would mean opening up each one and then for them to establish the value, the estimated value of each little thing for us to then go and stand in line somewhere and pay taxes on something that we shouldn't have to pay because it's not for sale, right? And we, I mean, he would have missed the plane for sure. Like for sure would have missed the plane. So he said he had to beg. He had to go on his knees. Please, we are moving. This is a very stressful day for me. <laughs> I spent three hours trying to check in our luggages and my dogs and please let me pass. And the guy was really kind and he was like, okay, okay. You say this is for personal use. Like, okay, fine. You can go. So then he was like, oh my God, I made it. And then he got on the plane. <laughs> And he told me the whole last two weeks of our moving chaos and panic, panic packing in Aruba that he's, he had a goal image in mind. And the goal image was sitting on the plane, leaning back and taking a breath because he would know for the 10 hours of the flight, there would be nothing expected of him. Nothing he has to pack or clean or fix. You know, he's like, I'm so looking forward to that moment, just sitting down on the plane. And then as he sits down on the plane, I'm like, Dennis, this is, this is your moment. This, this is it, your goal image. And then the lady, the steward, um, what, what are they called? The purse, purser? I know, is there a non-gender, non-binary steward? <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm losing it. What is the non-binary, non-sexist word for the person who takes care of you on a plane? Can someone... Can someone text me? <laughs> Can someone remind me? Anyway, comes up to him and goes, uh, sir, I just want to confirm uh, that uh, your luggage is not, is, is not going to go to Sweden. <laughs> just, they just informed me that uh, you have to get your luggage at Amsterdam. And then it looks at me and he goes, this is not my moment. <laughs> I mean, it was just so... I don't know. He fell asleep anyway on the plane. Like he slept, he, he, he can sleep anywhere. He slept eight hours of the 10 hours. Leia slept six. Like they both slept pretty well. I was awake the whole night. I can never sleep on a plane. And then the morning, the same lady comes over and she goes, hello. Um, I just had it. I was just informed that your dogs are going to be exiting in Amsterdam and your luggage is making it all the way to Sweden. They were able to change the tags electronically on your bags. And he, I mean, Dennis almost cried. He was so happy. He was like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So happy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get to Amsterdam. We get the dogs. The dogs were totally fine. I was expecting them to be really, really panicked or you know, almost maybe traumatized. Like, you don't know what it's like to fly in a cage for a dog. They were so fine. And we take them out, <laughs> take them for a walk. It's time to put them back in the crates to go take our last flight to Sweden. Keela, one of our dogs, doesn't want to go in the crate anymore. Like, absolutely doesn't want to go. She laid on her back 
it was like, no, I'm not going in. So he had to like kind of, you know, push her into the crate. We say bye and then finally land in Sweden. (laughs) We didn't know where the dogs were going to come out. And I was so anxious to get them to make sure that they were okay, that, you know, that was the final flight. So then it goes to the information desk. No one has received any luggage yet. Um, everyone's just waiting by the belt and he goes to the desk and he goes, hi, we have two, we are the ones with the two dogs, you know, where, where do we pick them up? And the lady goes, oh, uh, you're the Schoenevelt, Schoenevelt family. And he goes, we're the Schoenevelts. Yes. Oh, none of your luggage made it. (laughs) She was like sitting there waiting to deliver him the news. None of your luggage made it. And he goes, oh, that's okay. (laughs) We, we don't need it anymore. (laughs) that's that's not surprising that's fine and what I think happened like we figured out later is that the luggage never left Aruba like all of that mess of trying to get the luggage back and recalling it just meant that the luggage didn't make it from Aruba at all because it took two days for us to get it if if it was in Amsterdam we we would have received it the same night I think because there's flights all the time took two days but at by that point we were like honestly like there it doesn't matter like really doesn't matter the dogs are here we're here everything is fine and the dogs really are fine (laughs) and of course the whole family getting covid thing meant that all of our immediate family here because everyone had kind of met so everyone was isolating to be safe and everyone's okay no one had severe symptoms or anything everyone is totally fine but it meant that there was no one to get us at the airport. It meant like everything we had planned for our arrival, just nothing happened the way we had envisioned it, right? To just get to Sweden and hug our parents, my parents, and be happy and all of that. It was just such a mess. But, you know, here's the thing. I really, really believe that when we set out to make a really big life change, you know, especially if it's come from a lot of hardship especially if it's come from a lot of mess I really feel like the universe tends to do this it's like you're almost at the finish line you're ready to just like kick your shoes off and celebrate like the time has come we're here everything is wonderful rainbows and puppies and butterflies all abound then the universe goes like eh, let's like let's really make you feel grateful when you arrive right when you get there the the feeling collective feeling Dennis Leia and I had when we closed the door behind us in our new house, when we finally got there was, I mean, it was otherworldly. Like we just looked at each other and I cried. I mean, I mean, but I I cry all the time. Dennis, (laughs) he didn't cry. I I can't remember his first emotional moment, but it wasn't that moment. But it was so special to get to actually arrive after that, that crazy trip. And I kind of feel like the craziness of the trip made the journey even more important somehow like it made it even more it made it even more urgent for us to arrive you know it made the contrast between oh we've haven't had a home we've been rootless or uprooted since march and now it's december and we're finding our new forever home like we're getting to our new home our new place the contrast between that and arriving and finally getting there became so sharp you know it became so <laughs> so palpable that the gratitude was just it was just overflowing right away and i mean how 
Dennis is still like cursing my cursing my jewelry and I could be cursing his bicycles which I wasn't at all I mean I know like those bikes would never go in a container like he needs them right away (laughs) and then of course first thing he does this is you know Dennis my husband he um, he's lived 35 years in Aruba right he's a Reuben all he's ever known is this small Caribbean island where it's 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 30 degrees Celsius all year long. And, you know, this is the way things are done. Like, that's what he knows. So he arrives to Sweden. The first day he goes to the bike shop, of course. And he goes inside and he goes, hey, hi. Uh, I just wanted to know what I need to equip my bike so that I can go road biking. And the people in the store just look at him. They're like, uh, you, you can't. <laughs> And he goes, what do you mean? There's, oh no, like in snowy and icy conditions, like you don't, you don't road bike. Like you don't, that you just, you cannot do that. It's like the the roads are ice, you know, (laughs) the roads are ice or snow. Like how is he going to go on a road bike? And he goes, oh, so what do, what do people do then? Well, you do something else. Like you gotta, you gotta ice skate or or ski. And he goes, okay, on it. (laughs) And he comes home. He's like, I'm. I'm going to ski and skate now. And I go, okay, great. That's fu- That's good. That's great. You figure that out. I already got him. I got him skates for Christmas like two months ago. And he had to special order skates. He has a size 13 or 14 shoe. It's like 47 European. He has ginormous feet. So you can't get shoes or skates or anything in a normal store. So two months ago, I ordered it for him already because I knew like he's going to need some sort of winter activity to move his body, to stay really inspired, right? I don't want him to arrive to Sweden and not be able to move his body because it's too cold because that's how he gets depressed and I know he's he's already he's already in a lot of change right (laughs) so he gets his skates and every day seriously every day since Christmas Eve all this man has done this Aruban man that doesn't know snow or cold or ice all he's done is talk about the thickness of the ice on the lake (laughs) every day he goes down to the lake with his little drill (laughs) He drills a hole in the ice <laughs> and he has like a ice measuring thing that he got from my dad's garage. <laughs> He's measuring the ice and then he calls back to me, 13 centimeters today. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, what does it matter? And the next day, 16 centimeters. And I'm like, okay, okay, honey. <laughs> Than yesterday, eighteen centimeters. I eighteen. I feel like I can plow the ice today. I'm I'm gonna put a vehicle on the ice, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I have to just be really, really supportive of all of his shenanigans right now because <laughs> it really is really funny, and. There's so much he doesn't know. So like our whole family, everyone is really concerned that Dennis is going to go through the ice and die. Like all of us are very, my dad is writing me every day. Is Dennis wearing his ice picks? You know, he he knows he can't go alone, right? Is someone there with a lifeline? Like he has all the safety equipment now. Like, you know, where is he going? And does he know that there's a pier over there next to the pier? The ice isn't so thick and just... No one is ha- no one has any faith in Dennis's like ability to manage this weather at all, and all he wants to do is plow the ice in a huge track so that he can go long distance skating, which I think is going to be his winter. Like I think he hopes that that's going to be his winter thing that he can. 
the way he would get on a bike in Aruba every Wednesday and every Sunday. And every Sunday he would go for six hours on the bike. But that, that's going to be his thing in the wintertime in Sweden, that he just goes long distance skating. Like he goes in the morning and then he comes back in the afternoon. Like I think, I think that's his goal. So everyone wants to be really supportive, but everyone also really doesn't want him to die. So <laughs> we're just doing our best. And it's really funny because things that are so obvious to me, I don't know what example to give. Okay, here's a good one. Just now, like it snowed all night. We have more snow now than we've had all of these weeks. So we're out and we have three kids here now. It's like our friends have two kids that are really like Leia's best friends. And we come out, <laughs> Dennis starts making a snowball and he's packing it. You know, he's spending time with this one snowball, packing it tight. And, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, you know, you, you can't. You can't, you can't throw that shit at, at anybody. Like you cannot throw this at a, at a child. Like he's like, what do you mean? It's snow. It's fluffy. I'm like, it's not fluffy anymore. If you pack it and you spend a lot of time, like you're making an ice rock right now, basically. If you throw that at someone, like they're going to bruise. Like you cannot hurl that at anybody. And he throws it at me and it hurts so much. It hurt me so bad. <laughs> and he could tell like the moment he threw it at my arm and he saw my face, he was like, oh, like he kind of heard the force of the thing. Oh, oh, so all snow isn't fluffy, huh? And I'm like, no, you motherfucker. Stop throwing <laughs> packed snowballs at me. Like this is not, this is not how we do it. And then this other thing that he does. Okay. This is just so funny to me. I have tried to teach him how to make a fire. Like I've really tried. He's not in, he's an Aries. He doesn't like anyone to teach him anything ever. He just, he, he learns on his own. He learns by doing. He, you know, so when I'm trying to, whatever it is I'm trying to convey, he just, he doesn't listen. He pretends he's listening. He might even be looking at the thing I'm showing him, but the fucker is not listening <laughs> at all. No matter what it is. Like I'm showing him how to cook something or how we do something. It's like, he's not going to register that until he does, figures it out on his own. So with the fire, and we have kind of a small fireplace. We don't have infinite space. So it's it's crucial how you build the fire for the fire to to take. And I'm like, here's how you do it. And here's this and this. And I'm just showing him how we make a fire. And I see him, I see him the, next, the next morning. <laughs> this is so funny to me. And the way I taught him is the way I was taught, okay, is that you take two or you take three logs and you lean them up against each other so that you have space inside and inside you put a few balls of like paper or a little cardboard or and we have a lot of like paper <laughs> for whatever reason like rolled up newspaper or whatever you ball that up and then you want to light it kind of from the top a little bit not from the top outside but from the top on the inside so it burns from the top down that's how you get less smoke and more solid embers and heat anyway but it's like you know you put the paper and whatever you're using to light inside right so that it can light <laughs> the firewood from the inside anyway the next day <laughs> I catch Dennis and he's like it looks like he's wrapping gifts <laughs> with the fire logs like with the firewood he's taking the firewood and he's wrapping the fire <laughs> the firewood and paper and then <laughs> strips of cardboard and then he puts everything just stacked on top of each other in, in the fire pit. And then on top, he put a bunch of paper <laughs> out, outside of everything. And I'm like, honey, 
honey, honey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, no, I've figured it out. If I wrap the logs, then they will burn from the inside and the outside. So then my fire will be much better than your fire. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you, if you put the paper on the outside, it's not going to take, it's just going to burn and, and die. Like it's not, you have to put the wood, the wood needs to be on the outside so that the fire comes from within. No, 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 no. I figured it out. I'm going to, if I wrap them individually, <laughs> then I light them from the outside, they will have a circumference of fire and they will burn much better. <laughs> and there's nothing I can say. So I'm like, okay, okay, you do that. You continue wrapping the firewood. I'll be over here in the kitchen. <laughs> And then he lights the fire and it immediately dies. Like it doesn't take. And then he goes again and then he's getting like suit all over his hands. And finally I'm like, honey, do you wanna do you wanna do it the way we did it yesterday? No, no, I got it. I got it. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> he's got it. Uh, I don't know. And I find this so there's so many moments like this, like just Oh, I don't even know. Like he's learning how to, you know, how to scrape the ice off the car, how to brush the snow off the car. Like every day he wakes up and there's something brand new that he's doing for the first time. And it's so fun to watch. It's so much fun. It's so beautiful to see, honestly, to see both him and Leia. I mean, Leia, I could do a whole podcast episode about just watching Leia experience a winter for the first time. You know, she's never worn ever like a snowsuit she's never had a hat she's never had a jacket just clothing is a whole thing and every day she wakes up and she goes can we go ice skating today can we go you know to tobogganing is that is that the english word we have these little tiny things that you sit on and slide on like that's that's what we have now but there's so much to explore and so much to so much to lean into right so much to so much joy to find and it's right outside our doorstep and that's the most magical thing i really feel like that's the biggest difference so far aside from of course the stark difference in weather and all of this but you know in aruba it was always it always is so hot it is so hot all day that the little window that you have to be outside and actually enjoy nature unless you are doing a water sport where you're actively in the water you know, that window is so short. It's like really early in the morning or like the hour right before sunset. All the other hours of the day are really hot. So what feels like, it feels like in Aruba in the Caribbean, you would spend more time outside, but actually you end up not doing that because the weather doesn't allow it. You know, it's too much sun. It's too hot. And here so far, it hasn't mattered at all. It's not too cold, right? It's just about dressing for what, for what we're doing. And all of the joy that we are experiencing, and especially Leah and Dennis, you know, experiencing for the first time, it's all in nature, through nature, thanks to nature, with nature. So I feel like <laughs> my intention for 2022 and to live as closely to nature as I possibly can, it's, it's unfolding now, it's unfolding here. <laughs> And the way Dennis had that goal image of sitting on the plane, taking a deep breath, being done. <laughs> I'm realizing this right now. I've had a goal image for the past three months of getting to this moment. <laughs> and when I say this moment, I mean this moment. I, I've, had this, <laughs> I've had this vision of sitting at my kitchen table with a cup of tea, looking out at the lake with this sense of peace and 
arrival and belonging in my heart. And, and I arrived. <laughs> I made it. I'm here now. And I am just so goddamn grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I can't wait to share all of our new adventures with you. I can't wait to share all the nature-based practices and rituals and ceremonies with you. I can't wait to share this whole new this whole new chapter of our lives with you. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast this year. I want to thank you for being here for this journey all throughout 2021. And I hope we'll be here all throughout 2022. And I hope 2022 brings us all some ease, a sense of coming home, that sense of belonging, of being where we are meant to be. I wish that for you. I feel like I'm arriving at that place for myself. And I'm just so happy. (laughs) I want to leave you with a little reminder today. If you're listening to this on the 31st, it's a Friday. It's the actual very last day for our early bird special for the home course. So on spring equinox, that's March 20th, we start this seven week nature journey together of nature and healing. And I can't wait. I can't wait. And we're doing 30% off till the end of December. So that means that today, the 31st, is the very last day to get that huge discount for the course if you want to join. So if you've been waiting for the right time, if you've been on the fence and you're feeling called, today is the day. All you do is you go to yogagirl.com slash home course to sign up or to learn more. I'm wishing you a beautiful, beautiful turning of the year. Have a have have the most epic New Year's Eve. I hope tonight you celebrate in a way that really makes you feel whole and safe and nourished, that you take care of your body, your heart, your mind, your soul, and that you wake up tomorrow morning with this feeling of possibility in your heart. I love you, and I'll see you next week and next year. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. Of course, thanks to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.